Okay, well, we're shaking it up tonight. I'm Michelle from Tribal Rant, and I'm here with Mike from Tribal Rant and Mike from West Coast Project. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. No, well, thanks it's our pleasure. for joining us. This is a treat. Thank yeah, you for coming. This, this is going to be fun. Um, tonight we are podcasting The Americans, the FX series The Americans. This is Season 5, Episode 9. It's called IHOP. The director was Daniel Atias. Am I saying that right? Nobody knows? I don't know. And the writers are Peter Ackerman and Joe Weisberg. It aired on May 2nd. So, yesterday, May 2nd, 2017. Did you guys have any specific thoughts or any overriding themes about this episode? Mm, I kind of felt like it was the episode of human cost, the, the price that, that people have to pay to participate in this arena, in these arenas at this time. There's a lot, a lot to do with with uh, what these things, these, these activities are costing people in terms of their lives and loved ones. Yeah, I saw humanity creeping in too. Like the weight of this, balance of the weight of this whole show is switching over to humanity more so than spy games. Yep. Like Gabriel with Martha, they both kind of need each other. I don't know if they're going to find a way to connect, but Tuan and his brother, his adopted brother, and this poor priest who needs some sort of a collaboration or connection to somebody to talk to. So it's very it's very um, rich in human elements, and I hope we see more of it. Yeah. Did you guys like the episode? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really deep episode. I was a little, I don't know, last week I was a little let down. It, it felt like we've been doing these setup episodes for like week after week after week, but this one to me, just felt there was so much emotion and everything in it. I I feel like we're nearing a change of some sort. I don't I don't know exactly how Stan feels about what's going on at the FBI, but we know he's definitely disillusioned and he's now again put in between a rock and a hard place with his job. Phillips been disillusioned, and now he's got this hemorrhagic fever thing that is disgusting. You can tell. I mean, it was disgusting to him when they were doing it. Like you said, Mike Gabriel, and he's sad, and he seems really sorry. And that was funny to me to see Gabriel seem sorry and uh, I don't know, regretful, remorseful, yeah, and lonely. Well, we saw that as soon as he was walking out the door. If you remember the last time he, the last time he ever talked to Philip, he, he. Was a little kind of showed him shown himself with uh, with his feelings toward how they should approach the page thing, right. keep her out of it, right? Because he's having some regret, I think, don't you? Maybe yeah. in some way. And we see Oleg; he's disillusioned with all that he's he has been with all that he's mixed up in, and now with his father talking about his mother, and they brought up Nina and brought the, all that to life again, and then how they're treating him, and they won't leave him alone, and. <clears throat> Even Elizabeth was open to capitalizing on Henry's school, and anything about capitalizing on anything has always seemed real. Yeah, we should talk about that whole school thing later. Okay. I agree. It's like everyone's finding out about all the ills of what they're doing and um, and thinking back on the terrible things they've done to get to that point or something. It's Yeah. And another interesting note is that on this episode, it was TVMALV, but still no S. This is the third week in a row, 
no S. So oh, we've man. got no Deidre, we De- know. Deidre's got to get back on her job. Yeah, I don't know. Or Philip. What was the V? Well, or what was the L? Uh, language. Yeah, what was it, though? Um, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I think they always do the L, don't they? I've never seen it. TVMA without the L. Have you? Hmm. Hmm. So it's always V, but sometimes L and sometimes S? I think it's always L, but the last two weeks we've had no V and no S. This is the third week that we we normally have, have them all. We've got, you know, alphabet soup on here, TVMALVS, every time. But for two weeks we... <laughs> Mike's hit, hitting himself with the wand. <laughs> He's wanting to say uh, something. I was wanting to throw some initials in there, but don't I'm, you I'm do, not it. do it. No. Nope. Okay. Nope. Um, Policing myself. But the preview to this episode had stuff about William and older stuff, so we knew that we were going to go back a little bit and find some, least, you know, yeah. some other stuff going on. A little V going on there. So, are y'all ready just to get I'm jump ready. in to I'm recap? Ready. ready. Okay. Well, we start out in Kimmy's dad's office, that scene where he's looking through the files and they see the, um, somebody else say it for Mujahideen. me. Mujahideen. Mujahideen. They call him the Muj. The Muj, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a lot easier than Mujahideen, too many syllables. And there's blood all over the pictures and they don't know what they're looking at or any of that. And then we kind of pan down to the briefcase that's sitting at his feet, which of course immediately answered our questions, Mike. Of is uh, Philip still seeing Kimmy? Because we haven't seen that all season. Yeah, it looks like this is a pretty pretty fruitful operation with this Kimmy thing now. Yeah, yeah, that you was, know, yeah. The Jays have said that Joe and Joel Weisberg have said that that we should always remember that 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 Philip's jobs continue on in the background even if we don't see Kimmy. He's still going over there every whatever couple weeks, once a month, whatever to get that suitcase. Doing his doing his deeds with her, so that that has not stopped. It's always been going on. And you know, I I for some reason I didn't realize that he was the one who listened to those tapes. For some reason, I thought he was passing those tapes off. I didn't realize that was their job as well. I'd never thought about it, but yeah, that's a good point. I don't think we've ever seen him listen to them, have we? Yeah, they've been down in the washing. But not listening to his tapes. I know they've listened to other things. I just, I've never thought about it. Or both. Maybe he listens and then gives them along, passes them along. Yeah, to Claudia, I guess now. And then we go immediately into the scene with the briefcase where Phillip's looking in it and taking out the old tape. I was thinking as he was doing that, that it's a good thing this was like pre-DNA, right? Because he had that tape like, Stuck in his mouth before he stuck it down in the <laughs> in the tape recorder. Yeah. So I thought that that wouldn't necessarily be a good thing. And then, what did you think about him singing the uh, the Rod Stewart Forever Young birthday song? That was pretty funny. To Kimmy. Yeah, it's actually somebody else's song before Rod Stewart got his hands on it. Oh, was it? Yeah, I had that somewhere. I don't have. I don't know if I can pull it up quickly here, but yeah, it's another. It's another person's copyright. But we do find out that it's Kimmy's seventeenth birthday, so that's reasonably disgusting. 
She says that on her actual birthday, she went with her dad to get crab cakes, and it's like a family thing. We see all of this family, a lot of family stuff, and how important family is. We see it a few times in this. And she asked him about missing his son, so I guess his character with Kimmy is supposed to have a son, correct? I don't remember that. I don't either. That's what they did. But he talks about doing it right someday and getting married and having kids. And then, you know, she says, nobody does it right. And and he says, well, I'll do the best I can or something like that. Try not to screw him up too badly. And he kind of has this little smirk on his face at the end of that. I thought that was, it's like he was thinking about, not not a smirk. I think he was right. thinking about his real son. Right. Well, right. And his, and, and his own kids and how he is trying to. Right. Do the best he can. Right. In the. Terrible. Not completely screw him up. Yeah. Well, then we go to the intro and we come back and Phillip's walking into the office. And this is where Elizabeth's asking if they got reimbursed for something. Now, did we know that they're actually on top of everything else they're doing, running a travel agency too? I always thought that was just like the front. They didn't really do anything like that. But she's actually sitting in there doing the books for that. Well, yeah. I mean, the employees are clearly not in on the uh, on the spy game. The employees are out there travel agents. That just seems yeah. like a lot. I thought that was cool. That that makes us realize how multi-talented these spies really were or are. They have to have enough business acumen. To, like she's trying to collect some I don't know, some invoice or something, I can't remember what, but she has to be tuned into the business and be a good athlete and kill people and be a smart <laughs> investigator and be a mother, and it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, it was a reimbursement on the Lyndhurst um, Cancellation, yeah. yeah, just just a random, as far as I know, cancellation, but yeah, I never, we very rarely see them actually doing travel Right. stuff so that was kind of interesting to me but they start talking about henry and how henry should take over the books and then that turns into talk about page and how henry's doing better than page and who would have thought and yeah think that bothered philip a little bit when she said that yeah i agree that's what i was gonna say i don't think i don't think philip like that actually wrote the word crickets chirping after she said that because mm, he didn't like that then she thinks page is over matthew and that's good and then, then she starts talking about twan and so she's kind of feeling something about Twan, right? She's feeling a little worried or off or maybe motherly. I don't know. Uh, I, I think they're I think they're worried about or the concerned that Twan may be up to something that they're not aware of. Is what I think. You think she was concerned about that beforehand? Because I didn't get that. Um, I I kind of no, I, I don't get. I don't I don't think that she was before. But I certainly thought something was going on before. Remember, I mentioned it. You, you do, but you think everybody. No, up to you something. think everybody's up to something. You thought that Renee, and of course she might be. You thought Renee. Well, yeah. I'll that was you. No. I still think Pastor Tim. Pastor Tim has nothing to do with nothing. I think Pastor Tim. Pastor is Tim is a Marxist something. preacher. That's all Pastor Tim. Is. Eh, I don't buy it for a second. Yep, he's a Marxist. Well, Elizabeth's supposed to go to. Twan's tomorrow, but she can't because something came up with Evgenia, a shopping trip that she needs to do. So she's decided to do a surprise mama drop-in and take him some dinner and hang out because she feels sorry for him. 
Did you guys ever think that Tuan was going to slip into a Hans and be love struck with Elizabeth? Huh. No, I hadn't considered that either. Uh, especially not now that she stuck a gun in his face. <laughs> yeah, that'll slow him down a little bit. He was, he was, um, I mean, he's younger than Hans, but he's very lonely. She actually says that. She thinks he's lonely. That's why she's making him dinner and stuff. And there's, you know, he's a, he's a kid, so. Yeah, he's he always wanting to spend more time over there, too. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. I thought he might slip into that role, though. That would have been, that would have been interesting. It would have been pretty gruesome, but it would have been interesting. Yeah, we, we'll talk about Tuan in a little bit when we get there and see what you guys' take is on him, because I'm, I don't know. I don't know. But Dr. Tippins is calling. Uh, is his name Stavos? I think we found out the guy's name out front, yep, right? Stavos. Stavos comes in and says that Dr. Tippins' office is calling. So essentially it's somebody, uh, it's a secret meeting, secret it's code. code. Yeah, they're talking in code. Joan, yeah. And I thought the way that they were talking, they were so slow and deliberate about the code. I thought that was pretty funny, really, you know. Yeah. The rooster is on the hand. <laughs> the eagle flies low over the mountain. Right. Well, it's rough to fly low. They're talking about, what, uh, Mr. Tippins and... Uh, he always wants to help somebody in need, and it's just really... Well, yeah, but, I mean, it really wouldn't sound like anything, even if somebody was listening, though, would No, it? no, I don't think so. I mean, I think you'd have to be looking... You'd, you'd have to be... have the minds like we do, where everybody's up to something before... I just thought it was like funny that how slow and deliberate it was. Yeah. But we find out that it's one of Gabriel's people, and uh, Thursday is what he tells Elizabeth. He's got to go meet him. Okay, then we go to the scene where Wolf calls Stan into the vault. Well, first, though, Stan's out there drinking that, that day-old government coffee. That was funny. Uh-oh. You just broke my whacking stick. I broke the whacking stick. That's Mike. not good. I was playing with a whacking stick. and getting a little too vigorous with the <laughs> whacking stick. It broke, so I got nothing to be whacking. Anyway, Stan's out there drinking government coffee, and, and he, the director wants to call him in. They're going to have a conversation in the, the uh, vault. Yeah, the vault. The vault. I keep thinking the cone of silence. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly what I think about every time they go in there. The cone of silence, and they're wanting him to revisit the Burroff case, and they're asking him. I thought that was they weren't they weren't twisting on him. They were they were they're approaching him very carefully here. Yeah, but the way they're approaching him, they're taking like the one thing you know, the one allegiance. That might be a bigger allegiance to Stan than Oleg is in this situation. It felt very arm twisty. Yeah, yeah, but still though, he's—they're asking. They're not telling. They're, they, remember, he leaves it with "think about it." Just think about it. They're—they're they're asking Stan's permission to move forward with this. So that means that they're a little afraid. You know, Stan. You know, put the. Put the fear of God in him before when he threatened to go public with him. Well, Stan would, too. Don't you believe he would? I don't know. Oh, I believe him. I don't, I think well, Wolf Wolf kind of pretends to be afraid. I think Wolf's working Stan, too, because he says me, me or you could be next on the list. Well, all these KG people came in and out of Thailand right during the time of God's murder, or Gad's murder. So I think he's I think he's a little afraid, but I think he's working Stan too. Like, hey, I'm afraid. You should be afraid, too, because we got to figure this out, and we, that means we got to dig on Oleg a little bit more. Well, right. And and whether or not 
you know, I'm going to be next or you're going to be next. Whoever's next, it's kind of going to be on your heads, Stan. You know, and we already know how Stan feels about that. Yeah, he's definitely putting a tough sale on him, for sure. But <clears throat> now, what what was he saying exactly? Because I don't he know can't, if I'm... We can't protect Oleg anymore. we got to go after him because he, he knows what's going on with Gad's murder. But how would Oleg know? They Okay. He said that it had something to do with the KGB. They found out the KGB was in Thailand at the same time that Gad was there, and they had no other reason to be there, right? Right. Yeah. So. They're assuming that Baroff knows something about it. But Or what, can find out something about it. Is Wolf saying, though, that Gad, that the KGB was there to kill Gad? Uh, it looks that way, yeah. I think that I think that's what they're they're surmising, yeah. I don't remember, Mike, what um what y'all thought was going on in that situation. What did y'all think was about Gad's death? He killed himself. The dumbass jumped out the not, window. No, oh, no, he didn't. No, yeah, he, he did. No, he but, took off running. But he should have just talked to him. Just, I meant the other Mike. I can't remember what what they thought. Oh, I, was about well, I, think, I, I don't remember at the time, but I remember now. I think they were going after him to get some information from him, to strong arm him, to threaten him. We'll work your wife. We'll work you. We'll, we'll harm you. We need we need info, info, baby. Tell us what you know. You think and it I, was something like that with Gad? Yeah. And, and I think they make a point out of it happening in Thailand, like, Wolf and Stan are in Washington. They're relatively safe from the KGB, but maybe not. They go into Thailand to get people. Who knows? You know, they can go anywhere. They can get get them anywhere. So could be me or you next on the list. Well, I know Mike had a different take on it. You were thinking it might have something to do with Martha and getting. I'm trying to remember exactly what. One of our theories was. One of our theories. We we kind of thought that they were going to use Gad as a go-between to uh, to to talk to, to get some kind of information from Martha to somebody in the states or to, a, to her parents yeah, or to something parents. like that they, they were going to use him we thought that they might want to use gad as a go between since he was retired he had nothing in it he had knowledge of Martha he had knowledge of the operation he knew the lay of the land and they might be able to because they didn't seem very sinister if you'll remember when they were in his room after no, his they kind of brought left. him cupcakes. Yeah, they were they were yeah they were just kind of hey look man you really should listen to us this is no big deal we just want to talk all we want to do is talk and Gad just freaked out and tried to run through the glass of course that movie glass is tricky stuff. I think we're gonna find out the reason hopefully that they were there since they brought it up again but we didn't even know for sure that they were with the KGB we didn't know anything about it at that point. But we do know that now, right? That four, the people... four guys with thick Russian accents come into your room <laughs> after your wife leaves and you're just a you're retired uh, FBI director. Yeah, you probably... It's probably KGB. Maybe. Yeah. So where do you guys think Stan's allegiance are going to lie? With Gad or with Oleg? Do you have any thoughts on that? Mm, that's tough. He was asking the widow later, pretty much asking her for permission to, you know, tell him to go fly a kite and she was she wasn't giving it to him. She said Gad would want revenge. So Stan's kind of uh, this is going to be interesting to see which way he goes. I think I don't know. I can't. I don't know which way he'll go. I think they'll end up uh, putting some kind of pressure on 
on Burhoff in Moscow is my feeling. Yeah, I like that it's 50-50. It seems pretty equal to me, allegiance to country and allegiance to his friend Oleg, that it's a tough call for Stan. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not even seeing it necessarily as allegiance to his country. I think Stan's almost said, you know, been been so disillusioned by by that and by his job or his, you know, the, his work. But I think just Gad, I think he felt bad because he felt like he didn't catch Martha soon enough and she was under his nose and blah, blah, blah. And so he felt kind of responsible for Gad being fired and what happened to him and everything. So I think that it's kind of taken the the guilty feeling that he has over both of them and kind of playing it against one another. I feel bad for Stan. I don't really like how they're doing him. He can take it. Well, then we do this back and forth scene like the Americans like to do with Elizabeth going into the house, uh, Twan's house, and Philip listening to the Kimmy tape. And they cut back and forth and back and forth. We find out, too, that Elizabeth's name as Twan's mother is D in this. I don't know if we've ever heard that before. So that's pretty cool. It's funny she went in there. What was she she having the bags? It was food. Oh, Twan, Twan, mm-hmm. Twan, it's mommy. I've got some moo moo guy pan for you. <laughs> yeah, well, she said she was going to take him some, some dinner, so I'm assuming it was food. I didn't notice the bag name or anything, though, did y'all? No. Didn't look like it was from Bennigan's. Might have been. Blue, could, could Blue be. Apron. <laughs> Blue Apron, okay. Twan's not coming home. So Elizabeth's like sitting around. She's looking at magazines and she ends up calling Evgenia, asking about Twan. He's not there. Then she's watching late night TV, those late night infomercials that used to be all that was on. Oh, that was funny. A super night diet. Is that what she was watching? Something. Super night diet. You know, I'm on that. Are you? The super night diet. I don't eat while I'm asleep. Well, there you go. Did you guys remember that commercial? That didn't strike any sort of remembrance to me at all. I did not. Me either. Nope. I don't remember it. No. But I remember that silly crap coming on, though. Just, that's, I mean, the whole concept of a night diet. I mean, it takes (laughs) not taking something for you that you're dieting. I mean, that's just, that's just. Mike, it has a money back guarantee. What do you got to lose? Stupid. I mean, night diet, really? I mean, come on. When the girls were babies and I was up in the middle of the night nursing them, that's all that was on TV pretty much back then. And I can remember watching infomercial after infomercial, but, but I don't remember that one. Oh, there, I remember the one where the guy was on there with all the the, the airplanes and the Rolls Royces and, and telling you you can make all this money. Just, Real estate, right? Yeah, buy his, buy his CDs. It's just, I, I remember those. Yeah, it was pretty silly. But D, Elizabeth's getting pretty fed up and or nervous or anxious or something, so she starts scouring the house and man, yep. does yep. she do a bang up job. Do, 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 I mean the underside do, 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 do. of drawers. And she took that uh the uh ruler and yeah. measured how yeah, far how open far the closet was and she's got on those kitchen gloves. You know, those oven scouring gloves? You say scouring. You know, did you notice those big old yellow Way too big gloves? for her. Yeah. Why, why was she wearing gloves? So her fingerprints wouldn't be on anything? I don't know. So Tuan couldn't see fingerprints, like if you touch the front of a phone or well, something? The Vietnamese were pioneers in DNA technology. So. Or anyone else who might later on search that apartment. That's true, too. Oh, that's a good point. But she 
can't find anything, but she's she's certainly suspicious. Philip, in the meantime, has been listening. He's bored. He's like, you know, doing squats and walking around with his connected headphones and, you know, trying to, I don't know, just get through this, I guess. And then he hears that thing about the hemorrhagic fever. Yeah. And did you see his face? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, they they helped export the hemorrhagic fever, fever sample. They helped. They pretty much single-handedly, I mean, with their, their team. Yep. Everything that happened was their, was on them. They got it out of the country, for sure. They dug and it Gabriel. William and Hans, got to give them credit. Yep. Well, they packaged know. it up nice for them. <laughs> yeah, Hans Hans didn't, didn't get to do a lot once they went after it, though. Poor Hans. Yep, can't forget Hans. But then Elizabeth comes into the bedroom with Philip. He's in there, and she's talking about Tuan and how he didn't come home. And she's very suspicious over this. And so do you think, is it viable that that Tuan is a rambunctious teen just out in the middle of the night having pizza and running around? And do you think that's ever a real viable option? Hmm... Uh, well, you know, he explained it that he was, uh, when they tailed him, he was going to talk to his. Yeah, but just in general, I think. What? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I think if he's out like that, I think he's up to something. Well, what do you think? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think he could have been. I think he could have been. He's lonely. He's, you know, he's got means. He's 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 lonely and worldly for. Whatever a 17-year-old can get away with by being worldly. But I could see him being bored and lonely and just saying, screw this. I'm not sitting here another night. I'm going out and connecting with some people. I don't know. I kind of saw that as a viable option for him. And I know what he really did, but I just thought at the time, like, I wonder if he could really do that. I think he could have. I don't know. I mean, I might would have thought he would have maybe, you know, went over to some friend's house and maybe just spent the night or, you know, had a girl or something like that. But just being out on the streets at 3 o'clock in the morning. And he's not actually, like, 17, right? He's just playing like a 17-year-old. Is that correct? Or do we know? Uh, I don't I don't know if they covered it. I'm not sure. I think he's probably pretty young. I mean... Yeah, he is young. Not like he's 27 playing 17. I think he's <laughs> no. pretty close to 17. Okay. Well, then Philip says that they'll get Norm and Marilyn to cover it. So we found their names out, too. This is four people. Norm, Marilyn, that's the black guy and the lady who's always on their team. Mm -hmm. And then we found out Stavos, who's the guy out front, which, of course, reminds me of Fargo. And then um, who else did we say? There was another one. D. D's name. So it was a name-heavy scene. But Philip mentions the Kimmy tape and Elizabeth tries to play. She's like, well, we don't know if that's the hemorrhagic fever. We, we right. see Right. It. it could be another hemorrhagic yeah. fever. It could have been another one. He points out that that would be a awfully big coincidence if it were. Yeah. You have to agree. Well, he's saying maybe they didn't want to protect us as they said. Maybe they wanted it to use in Afghanistan. And that's just... I think it's real unsavory to the, to them both. Don't yeah, you? what are they fighting for? So the, the whole hemorrhagic thing was like, oh, these awful Americans created this horrendous weapon. 
and they're going to use it maybe against us. We got to get it away from them. And then they get it away and they turn right around and use it on the Afghans. Yeah. What the hell? It's like <laughs> how how two faced can you be? Yeah, the height of they're they're discovering that they're hypocritic or hypocritic uh, uh, or leadership. leadership. Yeah, yeah. hypocritic, hypocritic. <laughs> yeah. Their leadership is uh, fraught with hypocrisy. Well, it makes you wonder how many weapons America has developed but never used. Like, oh, you know, we we see what this can do. Let's sh- put this back on the shelf for now. Oh, tons. I can I can't imagine. Well, I was actually wondering right there if Gabriel would have known what they were doing. Because we know Gabriel's a little more in the know on stuff. Maybe. I don't think that much. You don't? Not as not not that much. I mean he Gabriel got really disillusioned really fast, it seemed like. And we didn't really know I think it was just a I think it was exactly what he said. It just adds up and it just all added up and it was just time to go for Gabriel. So next we go to Philip and he's he goes into the hospital in the round glasses disguise. Did this guy that he's meeting look like like a beatnik Robert De Niro to anybody but me? Uh, did Mike, did you ever see the movie The Mission with Robert De Niro? Jeremy Irons, mm. Robert De Niro. I don't, I don't recognize the title of it's it. It's a great great movie if you ever want to watch it. Um, but it looks it looked kind of like De Niro in that movie. You know, the the funny uh, the funny uh, you know French you know looking beard and. Uh, I don't know, the guy just looked like the narrow to me. So, what was going on here? Can anybody explain why Philip was there? And, I mean, I understand... Gabriel used to handle this guy. Right, and that's something else that I had never thought about before, was Gabriel handling other people. Yeah, sure he was. For some reason, I never pictured that. It seemed like he was just always waiting on Philip and Elizabeth, right? Gabriel was like the specter of of death Boy Scout troop leader. He had all kinds of spies running around. But... What was the point of showing us this? Um, well, I don't know. Because nothing that we heard, the actual material, was of any use to us, was it? I mean, that wasn't anything that we should have known about. I got to take. I think spies are like entrepreneurs. Like, like I'm kind of an entrepreneur. I, I work all day at home. I don't have interactions with people. I don't have a business around me with bosses and employees and i miss people like crazy sometimes i just go i'll go to the store just to get around people and i think this priest was that example of that like now gabriel's gone he has nobody to talk to anymore gabriel was his only connection and now he's gone so he needs somebody to talk to and and they also kind of made a point that the jennings can't be that role for everybody because they're so thinly stretched stretched so thinly so this priest is imploring Philip, "Hey, come and talk to me sometimes. I need I need to download. I need to talk, I need to connect." Just imagine yourself in another country as a spy with nobody to talk to. Hmm. Okay. You think he's from another country? Well, For some reason, because... I felt like he was somebody who was turned, somebody from here. But I don't know. That's just was my initial impression. Well, that's equally as isolated, don't you think? If he's an American that's turned, he's he can't really t- you don't talk to people about it. Mark you only around. talk to people on your side. I'm around people, mainly idiots, all day. I'm very envious of you now. All right, well, I'll swap with you, Mike. Just, just let's let's try it out just for a, just for a bit. When you come back, your business will be destroyed, though. I know nothing. Can we do that over Skype somehow? <laughs> Maybe. 
But Father Victor, he's telling him all this stuff about, I guess it's religious people, right? He's talking about other, well, this wasn't Father Victor, but he was talking about Father Victor, who was out late Tuesday and Wednesday. Anyway, he's like telling on somebody. And then he says he's not jealous, he was just going on, you know, so that they can protect themselves. Yeah, trying to pass off some useful information. And then Philip starts to walk away, and he does. He, like, almost grabs him by the hand and says, am I going to see you again kind of thing. Well, you see the same thing with uh, Tuan, but, of course, now Tuan's around the other kids at school and everything. But every time the, the, the parent figures come over, Philip and Elizabeth, Dee and whoever the pilot's character is. Ben. Yeah, he, he wants to uh, he, he wants them to stay, remember? He always yeah. he says, you guys need to start spending more time here. Stay a little bit longer. Was- was this guy's name Father Victor? No, 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 no. I, I said that, but I was wrong. Father Victor was who he was telling on, who he was. Yeah, so who was Father Victor? I, I don't know. That's I, just I don't him. think we've been informed about who, who this was. Right. It Twan's father? Was it Swan's adoptive father? Mm, he, no, he's in Seattle, remember? Yeah, and I, I wouldn't think because I think Father Victor is like a priest, right? So yeah, that wouldn't makes, be Twan's father. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of I kind of misinterpreted it as being Tuan's father because Tuan's father is the Russian guy who's defected and he's kind of happy and running wild now in America and okay, tw- wait. I, I misinterpreted that I realize now, but I wondered who this Father Victor was when he was talking about him. I think Tuan's dad is probably still back in Vietnam. Uh, you, you, I think you're thinking about Pasha's dad. Yeah, pa- that's what I mean, Pasha's yeah. dad. Oh, okay, yeah. Swan's no, brother, whatever, right. adoptive yeah. dad. Yeah, that definitely, definitely wasn't his father. But I, I don't think, no, because his name is Alexi, for one thing. And I think they were talking about something in some father, some priest, right? Yeah. Right, he was always out drinking, and dr- he's drunk again and again. And seeing the French woman, so. I think a French man. Frenchman, right? Didn't he say Frenchman? I thought he said French woman. I, I thought he maybe, but I thought he said Frenchman. Oh, I don't know. That would could have maybe this is a crossover to the affair. Well, <laughs> you know those Catholic priests. <sighs> hand, hand me the whacking stick. <laughs> I just got whacked. Hand huh? me. No, you won't give me the stick. It won't work through Skype, Michelle. I can say whatever <laughs> I want. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, well, we already connected the leftovers to the loss, so what else do we connect, Michelle? Something with Fargo to uh, – we well, connected yeah. Fargo to to this, didn't we? Well, we just did. The the guy out front's name Stavos, remember, in uh, Fargo, the guy's name was – wasn't that the the supermarket king of the was that his Minnesota name? or something? I think it was Stavos. It's funny, like you said, we had the supermarket king, now we've got the parking lot king. The parking lot king. That's, that's funny. But yeah, you're right. Philip says that he can't meet with him on a regular basis, and then the father says he'll pray for him and says Philip should try it. Yeah, Philip says I've been hearing a lot of that lately. Yeah, he says it's a great solace. Of course, now S. Philip is much more thoughtful than previous Russian spy Philip. I don't know. I still think Philip's bitter. Philip is not himself right now. Yeah, I think Philip's always been kind of bitter. No. I don't know. He was real sweet and kind of charming for a while and everything. In and now an assassin he just, kind of way? Well. Then we go to Stan and he's having tea with Gad's wife. And that was kind of a 
sad. Oh, yeah, that hurts your feelings. Not, you know, nobody from your office has been by here. He just put it on him right there over tea. Yeah. He said, that's awful. Can you pass the sugar? Yeah, well, he, he says he's ashamed, but, you know, and he, and he acts ashamed. He seems... He's looking for validation not to do this burr-off thing, and he's wanting her to give it to him, and right. she does not. No. This so, rang true to me. I could see the government not paying a visit to somebody whose person who significant other got killed in the line of duty. Absolutely. Or at least not enough attention. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. It's very believable. Yep. I agree. Well, Stan says that over the years, he's sure that Gad told her things she couldn't repeat. And she's like, yeah, he because he didn't want to say, I'm going to tell you something you can't tell anybody. But that's kind of what he was saying. And he goes into his story about they found out some stuff about Bangkok and what happened and that it was the KGB, essentially. And now there's a guy who can maybe help them, but it would put him in a really compromising position. And this is a good guy. And he says, you know, what good is revenge anyway? Or something like that. And she says he would want revenge. Yeah, remember, Burroff, Oleg, is the reason they found William. He is, yes. He's the one who gave up the information on the... the, But it didn't really stop anything overall, did it? No, but they... Well, it it stopped their operation. They they didn't get any more samples from Well, they didn't get anything different, but they ended up getting that one anyway. That was supposed to be William's last one before he went back home anyway. That was the promise. So it really didn't stop anything. Well, it stopped William's retirement. It did stop that and stopped Hans' retirement, too. Oh, poor Hans. So... I felt like her words, her Gad would want revenge. I felt like that just kind of sealed Oleg's fate right there. What do you think? I think you you could be right. I agree with Mike, though. It's 50-50. It's, uh, it could go either way. Well, but I, but I think it, you're right. I think, I think that's going to be the tipping point. I thought it was 50-50, like I said, until he asked her that and she, you know, I don't know. Gad would want revenge. I think that's I think that's her burden and Gad's burden. I think Stan is in the process of ascending, kind of like Philip. They're ascending above their team's goals, Russia versus U.S. I think they're ascending to more more important things, and I think Stan can rise above this. And revenge might have been important to Gad, it might be important to you, but it's not important to me. I think he sticks with that. You think he will? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, that'll be interesting. I just, you know, since they showed him talking to her about it and her specifically saying the word revenge, I didn't know if that would maybe alter, you know, sway staying one way or another, because before that I really felt like it was a tight call. But it fits in with the the whole theme of look what this whole adventure is doing to us as people. Yeah. What is it really? What What are we fighting for? Philip and Elizabeth could look back home and see all this mess that's going on in Russia. They'd be appalled. Yeah. What what prices are being paid? Yeah. Well, then we go to the scene where Philip and Elizabeth come in, and Henry wants to have a conversation with oh, them. Oh, I know. He's and he's got it all laid out for him. And I was really surprised at their reaction. I was. I was. Tell me why. Well, I mean, here's a kid who you know, is going to wants to go off to school. And he can get a scholarship, 
He's going to be out of their hair. Not going to hurt a thing. Uh, can't hurt anything. And could end up, you know, a, a nuclear submarine officer or, a, a, you know, a, a government official or, or certainly somebody having something to do with, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a position of, uh, of importance in a technological field later on. And they're, they're against it. And it's, uh, it, it just, it, it kind of, it was, it was really striking. You know, this is, this is the conversation all parents want to have with their children. Hey, I qualify for this elite prestigious school. I'm going to get a scholarship and I want to go. I've already got a letter of recommendation. I'm ready to go. We should capitalize on this, he says. And they're kind of, uh, well, not kind of, they're, they're pretty much during the initial conversation, pretty much against it. And I, I didn't, I, I, I it's just, that's just really, uh, of course, but you know, they could be worried about the exposure that they're going to have. You know, they are Russian spies. So that's the only thing that I could think of. What did you think about that, Mike? I think it's the perfect excuse for Henry. If I were them, I'd love it because he could go away to school. He's flourishing with his math skills and he's not affected by any of this Russian spy crap. And Paige is just being crushed by it. Henry could escape from all of this and just, just go on to be a fruitful adult. I, and I don't think it's because he could be then a future asset to the Russian spy game. I think he could escape. And I think that's the value. It wouldn't do much for the story. It'd be kind of like losing Henry because he's escaped, but it would be great for Henry. Uh, and I think that, I think they should let him go. If I were them, I would look at it as a big plus. I think any parent would. Yeah, I don't think, I think as a parent to hold a kid back from something like that would be mainly for selfish reasons. Oh, that, yeah, that, that's, that's just wrong. But we did see at the beginning, remember the very first, well, the second scene is where Kimmy was saying, you miss your son, don't you? So, I mean, that conversation just happened, and then here Henry is talking about essentially flying the coop at, what, 14? I mean, he can't even drive yet. He's 15 now, isn't he? Well, I don't know, but Philip hadn't taught him to drive. Remember, yeah. he just taught Paige how to drive, so Henry's young. Is he that old? I'm, I'm thinking. I don't know why. But... Do you know how old he is, Mike? Mm, I think he's about that range okay. 15 15 16 you know people do this in real life they send their kids away to high school academies and business academies and military academies far away from home yeah. essentially like college yeah and it's it's i mean it's a it's a good thing when a kid wa wants to go and qualifies and it's kind of laid out there for them it's just an opportunity there that that needs to be taken any any parent i think would be thrilled with a presentation like that when they walk through the door from one of their children. Well, but maybe it was just the shock of hearing it because, you know, you think Henry's interested in video games and whatever. And, you know, suddenly I like to, I like to Henry seal the deal by handing them the brochure. Look, I got a brochure. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many people in real life want to, you know, in this digital world we live in now still want a freaking brochure of something. It's like the it's like the final objection you have when you're selling something to someone and they don't know what else to object with. Like, okay, can you send me the brochure? So if you can produce that, you can overcome that last objection. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, Henry's certainly certainly trying to do it just like that. So then we go to Blue Russia. Oh man, and there's my girlfriend. We get Martha. Yep. <laughs> 
cooking her meager food and putting it on a potato. <laughs> she, what's she festive. doing? <laughs> Grilling eggplant to put all over a potato. Well, I mean, remember I mean, the food there. Man, she's eating kind of. And it was like two tablespoons of stuff to I go on that. Can we at least like make a little extra for tomorrow or something? I, stick I, it in the refrigerator. Yeah, and she puts it on that potato and she sits down. And, and the oh, specter of death yeah, comes here, to yeah, She thinks it's her girlfriend and. And it's, uh, it is the specter of death just came to visit and she just does. I, I, the whole time she's sitting there stirring those, whatever that is, she's frying. I could just almost hear her say, I'm going to kill you, Clark. I'm, I'm killing you, Clark. And if I ever see you again, I'm going to kill you. Look at me. I'm stuck in Look, this. Looking at Martha is like looking through a dirty fish aquarium. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> and what, what was that food? Cause it's all over the, internet like is it a piece of bread is it a potato with like veggies on it what was that meal yeah it was a potato she was thought she was either frying up onions and peppers or maybe uh, eggplant i couldn't tell what it was she i was... thought it was mushrooms and then mike was watching it and he said he thought it was he said onions or something but... i would have said onions too yeah i like oh, how gabriel good. gabriel's like mm, looks good oh yeah it looks good i know <laughs> Yeah, he's encouraging her to the end, isn't he? Well, maybe he is, or maybe Gabriel's back in Russia and he misses his little tea cakes and peanut butter and honey and stuff. I mean, I don't know what. I'm, I, I'm assuming that Gabriel's on the uh, well-fed list, right? Yeah, the people. He's a member of the KGB. But a high-ranking member of the KGB. But he's retired now, remember? So maybe he lost his food stamp card. His EBT card got taken away. I don't know. I don't know either. But what did y'all think about that conversation they had? I mean, it was essentially nothing. He told her that he had talked to his, to her parents and just that was glossed over briefly. She wanted to know if he had any news for her and no. And then they kind of do this personal thing where she's like, are you married? He tells her he's retired there now. He's there. And she says, are you married? No. And he said, I got family. And she was must be nice. Yeah. You know, because I mean, she's got nobody. Yep. Because I'm here alone, Specter of Death, and you helped me get here. I think he's keeping tabs on her. And he's, and the, you know, ooh, looks good. That's his bullshit. You know, I'm encouraging you that your life isn't so bad as it really freaking is. But what's the point? I, I don't know. I, Martha should be not alive, Michelle. Yeah. She's way, way too dangerous. She could get away and do, she could find some way to call somebody or do something. It, that's the one plot point in this whole series that makes me think they've kind of missed it a little bit. That they let her live when they'll kill they'll kill people for like being in the wrong room at the wrong time, but they let her live. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm I'm surprised that once they got her away from Phil, see if they killed her now, Philip would never know, and they could you know get rid of any potential for those problems like you just outlined. So I'm 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 with you there. I hadn't considered it until you mentioned it, but yeah, that's that's a. Well, you did though back back at the time. You didn't think the airplane was going to even make it. No, I thought they were going to take her somewhere and kill her. Yeah. That was Mash, Mike. You're thinking of Mash. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe could be. Well, he keeps talking. Was there to work her though? Like Clark Clark thinks about you. Like, come on, man. What? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Gabriel's back there and Gabriel's lonely. And I think Gabriel feels bad about what all he's done and the effects he's had on people. And I think he goes to see her to make sure she's doing okay. Well, he is trying to encourage her, though. I mean, many times he 
told her, hey, your life's going to get better just as soon as your language gets better. Now, how long has Martha been there? Do we know? I don't think I don't think they they put a timeline out. Four fish tank cleanings ago. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to figure that up, like in human years or something. But Clark wanted to send her a letter, but that's not allowed. But he does want what's best for you. We all do, and that's what kind of set her off. She said she understands everything now, and you can go and. Please don't come back. Don't come back. Yeah, she's more. See, she's more dangerous now than ever before because she's now she's not afraid. She's like lifeless. She's got nothing to lose. She's living in this glum, gloomy, crappy place. Fish tank. Why not? Why not throw a wild card out and like get some people caught for this? I don't know. I think she's a huge liability to everybody, and I hope. She, I actually hope she ends up being a liability, and we see the results of it. Well, then we see Noah, uh, the the helper, one of the team, having coffee and staking out Twan, who's sitting with the jocks and the letterman and all those guys. And then he clicks his walkie, and Marilyn starts following him. And so they're they're telling Twan. We see that. And then Elizabeth and Philip are at home talking about the school. And this is where Elizabeth says that Henry's been working hard, and they have to let him grow up. And Philip's like, well, he can grow up here. Yeah, she's coming around, but he's not. So why do you think that? Mm, just difference of opinion. I don't know why, but they're having a. They're just. She's just considered it, and and really, she's got the right outlook. She's got the the normal parent realization. Hey, this kid can make something of himself, and and we should let him grow up. We should let him go do it. And Philip's just posed. I think Philip still wants his influence on Henry. When your children move out, you know, you kind of lose your influence more on them. Not me. Not you? No. <laughs> okay. It is interesting, though, that they inverted their normal roles. Like, it's usually Philip who would be encouraging Henry, yeah, go out in America and flourish and be the best. American free person you can be, but it, it seems to be Elizabeth promoting that. Yeah, and also, Mike, that's a good point, but also it's usually the woman, the mother, that doesn't want the kid to leave, and the father who is encouraging the kid to leave. It's another another dynamic that we see reversed here. Yeah. Well, then the phone rings, and I guess somebody's calling them about Tuan, that something's going on with Tuan. They're springing action. Get out their wigs. <laughs> well, then we go to Oleg, and he's writing something. And this is where those guys come into the office and walk him out, and everybody's looking at him, like barely uh -oh, glancing yeah. and looking away and stuff. And then we're going back and forth, and, you know, blonde, scraggly, smoking Elizabeth on the stakeout, too. She's watching Twan get on a Greyhound bus. And then we go back to the PGU headquarters. And the men have Oleg. Yeah, now, the, the the guys that uh, that search the apartment, the same guys. They're talking to him now. Okay, you guys are going to have to tell me what this is all about because I don't know what this is all about. Okay. Do y'all? Uh, what, what part? Well, know. any of it. Why are they doing this to Oleg? Um, well, they're they're putting the screws to him. It's probably standard operating procedure after somebody's come back from assignment in America. 
to... Uh... I don't think it's standard operating procedure. Remember, the colonel told him last time that what they're doing is a little much. I think this is definitely above and beyond, and they're talking to him about a lot of different well, stuff Well, then there's here. stuff that we don't, we're not privy to yet. They've, they may have received some information from some source that we, we haven't been shown yet. But that's what, I guess that's what I'm asking. Do you think that there is something like that that we haven't seen? It's possible. Well, Dimitri, the guy in jail, has in, in, intimated that there is more power going on than the government admits to. Sure. So, like, like don't don't dig too deeply. You may see power you don't want to see. He told Oleg and his partner that when they were just looking at his warehouse and distribution operation. And it seems like maybe somebody in Russia is using the the whole directorate power to stamp out this investigation because they're involved in it, in the in the um, conspiracy or the yeah they're in the whole food chain of making money off of this stuff so they could stamp it out by pressuring Oleg. Yeah, I, I think there has to be something to the fact that Dimitri was worried about being so afraid to talk that he'll sit and rot in a jail cell when he could just tell who's behind it and get free from this. Yeah, what what's happened is there's some influential people that are involved. And it's a much bigger syndicate than uh, even the, the government organizations. Okay, so I didn't even think about it coming from that side. I didn't think about this being something from that they don't like that he's doing since he's been there, like digging into this food thing. I was thinking that they were trying to go after something else, but maybe they are. Maybe it is something that he's getting too close to about the food distribution, so they're just trying to find some way to stop him in some other way. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but that's, no, a, that's, that's a, a good, good point. Yeah, that is a good point. Usually if you follow the money train, that's where the answer is at the end of, and it seems like that corruption could be, those guys could be easily involved in all that corruption, and they're even bigger and more strong than the government. So, you know, they put a halt to it or put fear into Oleg to stop his investigation. They keep their money train flowing. But see, I don't think this would stop Oleg's investigation. How would it stop it? They're not even mentioning it. I think they're gonna that they're trying to find something on Oleg to stop Oleg, not just stop this investigation. Maybe because well, Oleg is the investigator, so putting him in, disgracing him, and putting him in jail, sure. or you know, putting a bullet in the back of his head, that would stop it. <laughs> well, but then you still have Russell and the interrogator that was on the you know on the scene too. But, Russell's just next on the list. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But they they bring up a lot of stuff to Oleg that he doesn't like. You know, he's talking about staying, and they're asking, well, why didn't that work out? And he's like, well, how often does something like this work out? And then they bring up Nina. And I love how Oleg handles that stuff. You know, even if you don't agree with what somebody's doing, when you ask somebody a question and they volunteer, like, more information... You have to at least respect no, that, I'll right? No, I'll never do that, by the way. Well, I'll only answer the question. Well, but he he thought they knew anyway. I think he's trying to be forthcoming, right? He is right? cool as a cucumber. I don't think anybody can argue that this guy is is not rattled one little bit outwardly when he's being quizzed by you know some guys that could, like Mike said, put a bolt in the back of his head if they want legally. To. Legally, yeah, with no 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 problem. And he's just Mr. Cool. He is. He's just. He's just. He handles. He handles every everything they throw at him. Cool. I thought that was a strategic answer, though. Like, 
Oh, you guys maybe not already know this, but I had an affair with Nina. He knows they know it. So he's offering information to make it look like he's super ultra cooperative. Yeah. I think he's I think he's very sly. He's very smart. Yeah. I agree. And I also thought it was good when he said he was still angry. They said, and you were angry over Nina. He goes, I'm still angry. Right. Because you wouldn't expect him to be that bold. I don't guess. It's to say something like that if he had something to hide. Right. No, I'm over it. I don't even care about right. her anymore. Yeah, that's fa- they could see right through that. He, he does have a, a trump card that most people in, in this position would not have, and his dad's a minister of transportation for the Soviet government. So he's... Uh, yeah, but, I mean, we found out his dad can't do as much as maybe as he much, thought his dad could still, do. He's, he's something. still a formidable Right, it's better than figure. the average Joe, I guess, on the street, oh, yeah. but still. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, this is where we come in, or Oleg comes in, and his parents are having some conversation. And Oleg sits down, and they're disagreeing. His mom's wanting his dad to put his opinion up or get somebody's, I don't know. I don't know if we even need to know about that, but... This is where Oleg sits down and talks to his father about his mother. And that was pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, he, uh, that was the most uncomfortable we've seen Oleg, I think. He asked if his brother knew about it, about his mother in the prison camp, and she, and his father says no. And his father didn't want him to think about it. He says that's why he didn't tell him, because he didn't want him to grow up thinking about it. And then he kind of said something that I thought was odd. He said, you know, a lot of husbands would leave their wives after stuff like that would happen. A lot did, is what he said. Did, yeah. But he said he didn't, and they didn't have children yet or anything, and they decided to have the family afterward. So this camp she was sent to, that was done by the government to work the father, right? Like, we're going to get you by going through your wife and putting her in this work camp? I think um, like, she had just been accused of something and was stuck there, like like most people were in those days, for some minor offense. And uh, I, he wasn't the minister then, obviously. Uh, he wasn't. I don't. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. See, I got that. I got that. The Russian government was working him by sticking his wife in a work camp. You're going to do what we want you to do, and if you don't, here's the price you pay. And a lot of guys who that happened to, because they said that in an earlier episode that we get through, we get to you through your wife or through your kids. Like even Oleg, Oleg and Rulon said that I think to to the guy, the warehouse guy. So I think they did that. They got to Oleg's dad by putting Yelena in the camp, and then he didn't leave her. He stuck by her when many other guys left that situation just got a new wife. I don't know. I think this shows that he's carrying a bunch of weight because she got stuck in this camp for five years because of him. Well, I don't know. Would... I might be reading too much into that, but. No, I don't, I, you, you're, you're probably not. That makes sense when you think about it like that, rather than she was just randomly picked. Because remember, she was arrested for sabotage, and the sabotage. colonel thought that was funny because yeah. he's like, they could, you know, that doesn't mean what it means now. Right. You could be arrested for sabotage for any minor offense. So, I don't know. Do you like feel like this is all coming to a head of sorts? I mean, all this stuff yeah, you can see. Well, obviously, yeah. but you can see even Oleg's father. I mean, have they just all been pretending? 
pretending you know? to be what be good communists? Or? No, I mean they obviously are good communists, but 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 pretending like this is the way to be, you know, like pretending. <sighs> Pretending to be a happy family. Yeah, I think so. Everything's okay. Don't No need to worry here. But then Oleg says, hey, did Evgeny know this? Did you did this come out to us as other members of this family that the government did this to you via mom by putting her in jail? I, yeah, I think it's I think it's expository of how shitty the Russian government is being to their citizens. And then you still see his father working for the government and doing his best for the government. And you see Oleg being so disillusioned by everything that he sees happening based on that and Nina and, you know, and even Dimitri, everything. Right, and remember Henry oblivious to all of this in America and thriving and Paige being knowledgeable and totally being hurt by everything. Yeah, I mean, she's crushed and she's... You know, sleeping in a closet. Well, then, the closet. well, then we see Twan walking down the road and going into the IHOP, and Elizabeth's parked outside and she's watching him. Then we go to commercial and we come back, and Oleg is going back to visit Dimitri in his cell, and he takes him that apple. And much like Martha and her two tablespoons of some kind of vegetable she's frying up there, Dimitri's just. He's happy to have that apple. I know. He's like smelling the apple and holding it like, you know, this food thing's powerful. It's the only thing of color in that cell, too. Yeah, that's true. And Oleg just sits and talks to him. He talks about his father. It's almost like they're having two separate conversations. Oleg's talking about his childhood and his father. And Dimitri's over there talking about, you don't know what you're asking for. These people are in, are in such power. And this is where Oleg tells him that his father is the Minister of Transportation. That kind of gets a little eyebrow raised from Dimitri, but Dimitri lets him know that these people are more powerful than your father. KGB, your father, or anything. And he he draws him in perfectly by telling him the story about his brother. And now he's a, he he was an officer, was an army officer. And now he's just a picture on the wall. And then he goes after Dimitri again and says, your family might end up being pictures, pictures on the wall. Well, yeah, what he says is he says you're worried about the wrong people, Dimitri. Yeah. You should yeah, worry. Yeah, they make that. ghosts. Right. right. Also, also, Oleg doesn't just admit that his father was or is minister of transportation. He says, "My, I used to think my dad was powerful because he's the minister of transportation." Right. So I think this conversation with mom and dad about did did um his brother Evgeny know yeah. about all this stuff going on like he realizes his dad isn't that powerful he's a cog that can be worked by malicious forces that are stronger than him in the government and yeah he's delu- disillusioned by it i think yeah that's a great point that really ties that in all together but dimitri gets up and he paces and then he just regurgitates a name right there name, yep. for everybody to yeah. know so Oleg's i mean, a little surprised i know oh he's like wow i can't believe he told me it's funny too that oleg went back there to uh you know even with his disillusionment even with his his newfound conscious he went back there to keep doing the job on this guy to keep trying to get the information that's uh that's that was that was interesting to me regardless of how he's he's changing about the way he feels he went back and threatened this guy's family and got the information 
But I'm wondering about his motives. I'm wondering now about why he wants this information. Because I do not picture Oleg just, you know, turning belly up on you these think he people. By the world of Coke and teach them to, to sing. No, that's Mad Men. Oh. See, we're getting okay. everything in this. Okay. Well, when Dimitri named the guy or girl, whatever, Fomina, whatever, I had a big long name, but Fomina. If it was VM Varga, it would have made my week, man. I tell you. <laughs> that would have been great. Oh, they should have done that just as a cross reference. That would have been so good. But then he's scared after he says that you can tell he's scared. They put this guy in an absolutely no win situation. It's like you can either be killed by these people or you can be killed by these people. You pick. So. Yeah, Vomina, Pablina, Blina, whatever the name is. God help me, he says. He knows he's just. You know, signed his own warrant, death warrant. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if he's, if if he just kind of offered himself up in place of his family, because yeah. maybe they'll go after him because he said that, and maybe Oleg and them would go after his family to get him to talk, or at least that's what's being insinuated. That's so. what I got out of it, yeah. Well, then we see Twan, he's going in the house, and Mom and Daddy are there, and they do not like his curfew, and they grab him by the shirt and demand answers don't don't think just speak just talk now so what do you think about his story uh pretty quick pretty pretty quick story and he did say where he went we saw on the bus when he was on the bus it said harrisburg pennsylvania so he said he went to pennsylvania so, he, just to clarify for me, so he went all the way to Harrisburg just to make a phone call to Seattle so it wouldn't be traceable back to D.C.? That's what he said. All he did was go to the IHOP and use the payphone in, like, a city. No. By the way, if you're scoring at home. Yes. Shit, I had how far Harrisburg was from D.C. <laughs> with how long it takes to drive there. Oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even guessing. <laughs> 119.7 miles, two hours and seven minutes. But how far on a Greyhound, though? I'd still like to see somebody drive 119 miles in two hours and seven minutes, I'm telling you. <laughs> Another interesting tidbit. I ain't I think, saying a word. I think Harrisburg is uh, home to Three Mile Island. Isn't that where Three Mile Island was, uh, was located? I, I flew into Harrisburg one time for a uh, job interview, and... Uh, they flew us over the new nuclear plant, which was directly beside the old nuclear plant on Three Mile Island. They just built a new uh, cooling tower next to the old cooling tower. And the old hmm. cooling tower was, you know, the weeds were growing up and it was just, you know, abandoned. And the new one was just right next door. And I remember we, it's right by the airport. The, the nuclear plant's just right, right by the airport. I don't guess it's something you could turn into condos, the old cooling tower or something. Uh, maybe a castle. Maybe something. Castle tower. Nuclear Interesting tower. that you bring that up, Mike. That was 1979, so it wasn't too far in the past of this episode. Right. I didn't remember the year. I knew it was close to the early 80s. I didn't know it was 79. But um, I remember flying uh, flying into there in... Uh, That's about 87... Yeah. No, no, it's after that. Yeah, 90s. It was 90s, yeah. yeah. It was early 90s, mid-90s when, when I flew in there. Yeah. But what what he was saying, what Twan was saying was that he went to Pennsylvania just to make a phone call. The IHOP, he did not make the phone call in. 
He said that he realized he was being followed. And it turns out it was Elizabeth and Philip that was following their, their team. But he said he right. just decided to go eat in place of making the phone call. So he just went to IHOP and came back home. But he's going that far just to make a phone call. I'm just wondering. I mean, he seems sincere, but... I mean, we know he's a good liar, right? We know that. Everything he said to Pasha and everything else is a lie. Well, I typed a couple things in my notes before I know before I knew what happened next in the scene. And I put first, couldn't they have found this out anyway? That he had a little brother, adoptive brother with leukemia. Like, wouldn't they have known his whole background dossier of who he was foster family with and all that? And then I typed... This is where they kill him, because I thought they were going to off him right there. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Well, and Twan's saying here, please don't put this in your report. He's really scared. He says his people can't find out. So is Twan working for different people than who Elizabeth and Philip are working yeah, for? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, He's working for the, uh, the North Vietnamese government. And they just, like, stuck them together or something? Because they talked about it earlier when Philip and Elizabeth well, were talking. They were working together. You know, the Soviet Union was a sponsor of the, the North Vietnamese uh, movement. You know, the, you know, the, the Ho, you know, Ho Chi Minh, the whole, the whole thing. The, the uh, Soviet government, um, you know, provided North Vietnam with all of their armaments and tanks and, and equipment and everything that they, they needed. Any time, if you'll remember back then during the Cold War, that we had an adversary in a, in a third world country or, or direct adversary, the Soviet Union would, would be their friends. You know, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, I just didn't realize that they were like reporting, I guess, to different people. Like it went, you know, that yeah. there were two oh, yeah. separate things. Absolutely, yeah. Because remember, they, they talked about it. They talked about who, um, who he was, you know, don't, don't tell... Don't tell your, don't don't tell the center. Don't put this in your report. Yeah. Because it'll get back to to my handlers, and and I'll be in trouble. But I think you're right, Mike. I do think that they would have known that his little brother and that family had leukemia. I would think that would be something that they knew, maybe, except, you know, for the fact that he said he just got the call and he left. He got you know summoned or whatever, whatever word he used, and he just left. So, you know. I don't know. I mean, I guess it would be easy to verify. But... It's another one of those things where they've killed people for a lot less. And he broke he broke ranks and left his job to go and do this personal thing, which is understandable as normal people would deem it. But for breaking your role and your spy, you're supposed to be doing certain things. You know, he's kind of a loose cannon that you know, probably would merit him being bumped off if you know, another person had that decision. I'm like you. I thought Elizabeth was going to pop him right there against the wall. Yeah, how are they going to explain that to uh, the Morozovs? So, well, sorry, Twan broke his curfew. I tried to find him, and <laughs> I had to shoot him. In the head. <laughs> I had to shoot him. And he had the Grand Slam breakfast and too much cholesterol. <laughs> That'd be pretty bad. What do you guys think, though? Do you think Twan's telling the truth? Uh, no, I do not trust Twan. You don't? No. I would guess yes, but that's a great question, Michelle. I, I, that's, they always try to find complicated things about these people, and that would be that would be a great cover if he's up to something else. It really would. I mean, it would be a good cover. But 
Anyway, then Philip and Elizabeth are driving away, and she asks him what he thinks about it. And, I mean, they've obviously walked away and left him there alive, but Philip just doesn't know what to think about it. And this is where Elizabeth says she believes him. Elizabeth doesn't believe nothing, nothing, but she believes him. And then she asks if they report it, will they send him back to Vietnam? And Philip says he didn't know. And Philip maybe says, he just wants to go home. Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe he just wants to get out of this crap. But Elizabeth says that's not who he is. Yeah, right. kind of. I felt like she was talking to Philip while she was talking to him. You know, yes. maybe he just wants to go home. Right. And she's like, "That's not who he is." Right. That's not who you you are either, big boy. <laughs> so keep driving the car and keep that wig on until we get in the safe house. And that was the end. That Mustang. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I don't know if everybody uh, needs to be reminded. Mustangs are not Camaros. It's close. It's not even close. It's a little close. Not even the same. Well, they're driving. They're in a, like a K car or something. They're in a crap car. Oh, I know, man. They come up with some real. Did you see her driving that Nova, Mike? That that late sixties, early seventies Nova when she was blonde uh, Elizabeth while she was tailing Twan. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. She was driving an old Nova. Was it a plain one or a hopped-up pony car Nova? No, I think it's just a plain old Nova. Mike notices all the cars every time. Well, guys like cars for sure. Guys love cars. I love cars, man. So any other insights on Episode 9, IHOP? No, no. no, I, I liked it, though. There was a lot going on. Mike? Uh, yeah, definitely a lot going on. I liked it a lot. I don't know where they're going to go. I, I don't think I, I... I didn't dislike the last episode, and I think they're headed in a good direction because I think people are becoming more increasingly unhappy, and I think that's got to boil over and spill into some interesting plots that they're going to have. Yeah, somebody's going to make a big move. I agree. I didn't dislike. Let me let me clarify. I don't dislike anything about the Americans. I think it's some of the best TV, you know, show on one of the best shows on TV by far. But I was just getting weary. It felt like we were just building and building and building. And Americans don't do that usually. Usually, it's maybe one building to two things that are as good as finales. And we just had that week after week, and it just felt kind of weary to me by last week it was just more information and more information and i don't know but this one definitely had a different feel i think you know i think they were looking at twan since this is the episode of like relationships and family and and all that and twan couldn't have told them a better story if it is a story right because they're you know i mean it's it's all about the family right in this and connections and all right, bad. and his actions were untraceable. How do you track a phone, a pay phone, phone call back to Seattle from a different city? Yep, no way. Any predictions? Anybody got any predictions about anything? Upcoming episodes, upcoming themes? Well, I've watched the upcoming on episode 10. It's called Dark Room, and they're, they're not giving us much. You know, we've only got four more episodes left. We've got 10, 11, 12, and 13. That's it. This next one's called Dark Room, and Philip is talking to Claudia about the hemorrhagic fever thing, and she says she doesn't know anything about it, and it I doesn't even that. look like she's telling yeah, the truth. I, don't, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like she couldn't say it with less, uh, you know, meaning, with less 
feeling. Claudia has no credibility. We see Tuan apologizing, and Paige has evidently been making some pictures. We see like a dark room or something like that, so I don't know what Paige is doing. And Elizabeth's saying it's not all bad, and she gives Philip a look. One of those looks. So that's, but, but normally they give us like a lot of little clips and stuff, so I think they're toning that back as they get us to the end. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't tease us too much with these upcoming scenes. Well, you're never teased with it. You never like them anyway. Do you guys have any death predictions? Huh. Death predictions. That's a good question. Um, death predictions. I don't think Oleg's going to get out of this alive. Maybe not this season, but I don't, I don't think Oleg's going to come out of it. I hadn't thought uh, about Martha. Sorry. Twan this season. Martha's a, Martha's a cockroach. She lives through everything. She'll be alive at the end, I think. I don't know. I think we'll see something with Martha maybe next season. That's my prediction. I think we may end up... I don't know. I think people are really gonna gonna be switching, you know? I think people's est sides are gonna be coming out a little more, and they're gonna be going on their feelings and emotions maybe more than... I predict that Martha's going to make it big on Russian television with a cooking show. <laughs> a cooking show? Mm-hmm. Martha Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's where it started. She changed her last name. You never know. How about Philip and Elizabeth being together at the end of the series? Yeah, I think so, definitely. I'm going to say yeah, because I hope that they are. But Philip's got to get over his moodiness, because... I just don't think Elizabeth's going to put up with a whole lot of that. What do you think? I think Philip and Oleg will both be survivors, but I think anything else is up for grabs. What about Stan? I think he could be killed off. I don't want him to be. I love Stan, but I think he could be a victim of something. I think Stan could, too. I think that's a good point. I hadn't thought about him, but I, I definitely think Stan. What What's your take on Renee? Do you think Renee is a spa? Mm, it's too obvious. It's almost like are they double psychology doing the double psychology game on us? Like she looks like a spy, so she can't be a spy. So she must be a spy. <laughs> right. We don't think. I, I don't know. I mean, and she wasn't even in part of this, right? And was she, was she even in last week too? Yeah, she was in last week, or so she was so, talked about last week. But she seems less important now. Yeah, I don't so know. Ben, the uh, wheat guy. Oh, well, that guy. Yeah, I don't like him either. I like Ben. I like Ben. Ben and Deirdre, they should end up together. Yeah. What do you What do you think's going on with Ben and that other woman? It's his cousin. No. His sister. No, that's not. Mike. Ben's just a hot government wheat guy. Gets a lot of chicks. Hot government wheat guy. <laughs> I don't think so. I think Ben is is something. I think that was something set up that Ben had to do. I think Ben could be playing him just like Elizabeth was playing him. Because I believe Ben, and y'all are not going to take that away from me as much as you may mm. may want to rip my my dreams away. I feel like he's really attached to Elizabeth the way. But but he's playing that other girl the way Elizabeth's playing him. Hmm. 
I think he plays all the girls. That's he's just a he's a, he's a 1980s hipster. He's a good-looking guy. He's got a good job, and he's like got he's got some game. He can talk to women, and I think he just goes and has fun with dating women. I don't think he's malicious. I don't think he's a double secret spy of some oh. sort. I think he's just a dude working for the government. Agree completely. No, I don't think so. He he hurt Elizabeth's feelings, and I think that's why she didn't go back. Mike disagreed. Murder him then. Murder him. No, I'm not saying that. But anyway, I'm excited about next week. I'm excited about Dark Room. I don't have any other insights other than, like I said, Paige. It it looked like they were talking about Paige taking pictures, and then they showed a Dark Room. So I'm curious if Paige got something on Pastor Tim or who knows. But that's it. So, Mike, if people want to contact you about this, what do you think? How do they get a hold of you, Mike? At Mike from TN. (laughs) (laughs) He said, wait a minute. They can get me at Mike from CA. (laughs) I don't think so. Well, I'm Mike from West Coast Project at Scathing Tweets is my Twitter. And uh, we've been going through some changes at West Coast Project, so thanks for having me on, you guys. I appreciate you helping with my schedule, and super fun doing this with you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, doing it with us. That was, that was great. No, we loved it. Yeah. We'll have to do it again. Yep, yep. It's I'm, been a lot of fun. I'm really glad you could you could have time to do it tonight, Mike. No kidding. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of a last-minute thing, and... Um, I know no one will believe that because we're so well put together and so on cue and everything. But um, but I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm at Michelle from TN. And I'm at Mike from TN. So you guys check us out and talk to us and hop on over to West Coast Project for all the stuff over there. And, of course, we're here on Tribal Rant and all this stuff will be in our show notes. And we'll meet you back here next time. We will see you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Mike. Bye. Bye, Mike.